Welcome to Pursuing Biblical Masculinity, a podcast where we explore God's Word to uncover the disciplines we need to live out our faith. Our heart is to help men not just know Scripture, but help them to be able to put it into practice so they can stand firm in the faith. Today we are going to be looking at a passage of Scripture found in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And if you're looking at your Bible or maybe within a Bible app, you'll notice that this section of Scripture is often uh, entitled, Ask and It Will Be Given. Now, this is a section of Scripture that has unfortunately been greatly taken out of context and abused in the Western church for quite some time. Uh, There's a number of churches that preach what is known as prosperity theology. They preach a gospel message where essentially... If you want anything, all you need to do is ask God and ask God repeatedly and he will grant your wish. There's this incorrect view of who God is and how God operates. And to me, this is a great example of why doctrine is so important. In order to really understand scripture in the heart of scripture, we have to have a very firm and biblical based view or doctrine of God. God is not a genie. Uh, He is not most concerned with giving us material gifts. God is our Lord. He is our King. He is a triune God who is in perfect relationship with himself, who needs nothing, who is sovereign over all, yet desire to have a covenantal relationship with mankind. The gospel, the true gospel message is at the heart of the scripture, of how God remained covenantal, and remained in relationship with his people, even though they had over and over broken that covenant with him and sinned mightily against him. So we have to have this kind of posture. We have to start with this view of God as our King, as our Lord, as our Creator, as our Father, as our Savior, when we begin to look at Scripture. And I use two words. I said that God is transcendent. That means that he is all authoritative, that he is in 100% control. But God is also imminent. He is covenantally present with us and in our lives. And he is a God who, who not only makes covenants, but perfectly fulfills those covenants. So with that in mind, let's take a look at today's scripture. And we're reading out of the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And it says... Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. For which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask? So starting in verse 7, we see three verbs. We see ask, we see seek, and we see knock. And these verbs, if we look at it in the original language, they are verbs that are to be done continuously. And we are to do these things, the asking, the seeking, and the knocking, in light of teaching that Jesus had just given us in the previous chapter. In the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6.10, where we ask these things, we ask them from the posture of God's will being done. Doing it through the desires of God. We ask for God's will. We seek God's will. We knock and ask God to reveal the portions of his will that he wants to reveal to us. These are not 
fleshly desires. These are not material asks. These are not asking for a better car or uh, more money in our lives. These are asking for God's will to be done in our lives. Notice how it says, ask of good things, right? That's what it talks about in verse 11. What are those good things? The good things are things that are rooted in the will of God. And we are called to ask rightly. It tells us in verse 8, anyone who asks receives, who seeks finds, who knocks, it will be open. But we have to ask rightly and we are given what that looks like in the book of James. So we look at chapter 1 verses 5 through 8. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in his ways. Now this is not saying you can't doubt sometimes. We all struggle at moments of our life with doubt, but it's talking about where does your faith lie? And it also talks about asking for wisdom, specifically in this verse. So when we ask of God, God loves to give us good gifts, specifically gifts uh, that are in line with his will. But we ask in faith, we ask in trust that God is the only one that who can provide for us. And we have to have that trust. It's saying that, that if we ask, but we don't really believe that God can do it, we're being double-minded and we're unstable. Again, James talks about this very similarly in James 4.3, where he says, You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions the people who expose prosperity gospel forget that last little section to spend it on your passions. God is not concerned with our material passions. He's concerned with the advancement of his kingdom. So when we ask for these things, we must ask for things that are in line with the will of God and his desire to advance his kingdom. In verses 9 and 10, Jesus begins to give us these, these images of, of how we treat our own children. Kind of showing that even though we, who are in depravity, can give our children the basic necessities of life, bread, food, we take care of them, we give them good gifts, he then backs it up by saying that God also desires to bless us. We are evil, he says. You who are evil know how to give those good gifts and don't give our, our children stones or serpents. How much more is God, who is our Father in heaven, who is a good father, who is a perfect father, who desires to bless us out of his goodness, how much more is, is he wanting to give us those gifts when we ask? But we've got to ask rightly. We've got to ask from a posture of, of a child coming to their father, asking for their father's will to be done in their lives, trusting that their father will supply their needs according to his riches and glory and not of their own, and God does give us those great gifts. He gives us his grace. He gives us his mercy. He gives us salvation through his son. He has given us the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit indwelling in our hearts and allowing us uh, to have the strength to sustain in the midst of a world who is not seeking after God and his kingdom. So how do we apply this section to our lives? Well, I want to start by asking this question is, is how do I view what is the lens in which I view God? Do I see him as a father? Do I see him as a, as a dream maker? Uh, or do I see him as my king and my Lord and my savior? And then I want to ask, 
How often am I seeking his will? Is it not at all? And if so, why not? Or is it just every once in a while? Again, those are things that Christ is calling us to do continually. So are we daily, moment by moment, seeking the will of God? Well, then I want you to spend some time over the next week praying daily for God's will in your life and the strength to persevere, no matter what that answer may be at the moment. But continue to ask, seek, and knock pursue after the heart of God and his will in your life. So one of the things we can do to grow deeper in our faith with Christ is to build good habits. Building good habits rarely happens on our own. We need accountability, we need mentorship, we need coaching in our lives to make sure that we are maintaining the things that we've set out to do. If you're interested in learning more about Christian mentorship and coaching, check us out at reformedandredeemed.org.